0: There was a lot happening in my life again. Around this time, Coney Island Freddie had called me. Seems our lawyer got the, the verdict from the judge in the New York case about tattooing, and that we have won the case. The judge ruled that it would be unconstitutional and unfair to pass a law against tattooing. <laughs> a few couldn't follow the rules and that that tattooing could be practiced legally in the city of New York under the guidelines of the New York Health Department. So that was a feather in our cap and it just proves that you can't beat City Hall. Now Freddie was doing very well tattooing in his mother-in-law's rooming house in Brighton. Beach, a gated community, but he was making more money <laughs> than he could have if he opened a tattoo shop. I was very satisfied with the business I had going in Philadelphia, and neither one of us were interested in opening up a tattoo shop in New York again at this time. However, the Greco Brothers, they opened up in downtown Brooklyn and a few new guys had opened up new shops in the city of New York again. Also at this time, the quiet twin, Penny, had married her fiancé of a couple of years, Don Turner, the, the fella from West Virginia that I used to go out on double dates with periodically. They had gotten married They had a little girl now, and they bought a house up in the greater Northeast. We would be invited up there for family barbecues and such. And in one trip up there, we met one of Don Turner's new friends from up that area, a fella called Bernie Mola. Now Bernie Mola had three tattoos at that time, and he was looking at all my tattoos He had never seen a man as heavily tattooed as I was (laughs) in my taking off my shirt at one of these affairs. He was just overwhelmed with seeing so many tattoos on a person, and he said that he would like to be like that one day. Now, Bernie Mola. He would come down every so often and get a little tattoo from me. One of the nicer tattoos he got was a horse's head. And he was just overwhelmed with this horse head. He still has that on him today. And he shows it to me and laughs. And said, remember when I only had a few tattoos? Well, here I go getting ahead of myself again. We'll stop with Bernie... Mola for a while, and we'll get back to my story with White Number Two. Around this time now, the spill that she had these kids with was supposedly is about to get out of prison. He has had his family come and visit me. His mother and father used to stop by the tattoo shop with the little girl and have little conversations with me. Also, his bigger brother would come by and have conversations with me. Anyway, this bill is getting out of prison. And Sharon's a little upset about this, as I don't blame her. Anyway, this bill comes to visit me one day, and he's telling me how he had smuggled some letters out of prison that Sharon had written to him while he was in prison. He said these letters were very detrimental to my character, and he smuggled them out just so that I could read them and would I like to see them. I said to him, no, I ain't interested in seeing them letters. Let things just be. I think we'll call Bill, Bill M from here on out, just so we can identify him from anybody else named Bill that I'd speak about. Anyway, Bill says to me, he's got a case coming up. He's going to try to get custody of his two kids, the little girl and the little boy named Billy. Around this time, Pam, the wilder one of the two twins, was still working in the coffee shop down the street from my tattoo shop. And she came by one day while this Bill M was there, and she had a nice conversation with him. And she explained to him that he know that this little boy named Billy wasn't really his kid, (laughs) and that he had belonged to a Filipino seaman that Sharon was running with while he was in prison for shooting up. Bill stopped and figured out the months and the time he was with Sharon and realized that the little boy probably wasn't his. So anyway, Bill M's wife was willing to take the little girl because he always wanted children. She couldn't have any, (coughs) but she said, it's very questionable if this little boy was his. And he looked so Filipino that she didn't want him. So Bill decided he was just going to fight for the custody of the little girl. While Pam is explaining this to Bill, and <coughs> I tell her about, in the conversation, I tell them about my son being named, Patrick Joseph and his name was supposed to be Eddie Joseph and she said she named him after one of her brothers but there was no Patrick in her family anyway Pam says "Do you remember that garden apartment you had in Jersey and the maintenance man his name was Patrick and that Sharon was running with him In between us having our disputes and not being together, which was almost all the time. Now trying to have some sensible discussions with Sharon about these children and Bill M. just wanting to fight for the custody of the little girl and what was going to happen to the little boy, Billy, and me and her and my son Joe, and I explained to her what Sister Pam had told me about how he got the name Patrick. Just very hard to have a sensible conversation at this time in my life with Sharon. So anyway, we end up breaking up again. This was quite common. I now have living quarters in the tattoo shop. I was fine. One night, Bill M. stops by the merry-go-round bar (coughs) where I was there having a beer, and he says to me, why don't I take a ride with him? He'd like to talk to me. He wanted me to be one of his witnesses in the case that was coming up for custody of this little girl. He said he sure would like to show me these letters. He thinks I should see them. So I said to him, yeah, what the hell, I'll take a ride with you. <laughs> we went over his house, and he got out these letters that he spoke about of prison. When I read them, I was just knocked out of my socks. The letters said things like this, the only reason I married this man was to keep a roof over your children's heads. He he beats your children. He spits on them. He locks me in the closet. And he's just not a good person. And she can't wait for him to get out of prison so they can be together again. I just looked at these letters and shook my head. He says to me, Do you understand, reading these letters, (laughs) how I felt sitting in prison? I wanted to kill you. I said, yeah, I can understand that. He says, if it wasn't for me sending my parents and my brother around (laughs) to check you out, and they told me that you were a great guy and how you really like these kids. You love these kids, and you are good to them. He says, I would have lost my mind. He says, and I might have come out of here and killed you. He says, you see where it says in here that you used to lock Sharon in the closet? He said, when I read that part, I got very suspicious. He says, I don't think I could have locked her in the closet. Anyway, I agreed with him that I would testify for him about Sharon and her character and how the little girl would probably be better off with with Bill M. But as the case came up, I was never called upon. I was never needed. But I did tell him that I would be there if he needed me. He wins custody of the little girl in the courts, and that's the end of that. Now, I'm still seeing Sharon, to see my little boy, Joe, and the little boy, Billy, who I fell in love with. Anyway, with the little girl, now the custody case over, and Sharon now accepting the fact that she had these two little boys, Decides she would like to take another crack at us getting along and we get yet another apartment together By this time a little boy is four years old Billy and he's extremely intelligent And he's going to take a little test at the school had to get him into kindergarten at a younger age So in doing this, he passes the test, and he's going to go to school. A little time has passed now. Sharon and I are getting along the best we have ever gotten along, and we're looking at a house I found found in New Jersey, there was a man named Levitt. Was building some Leavitt homes that he had built out in Long Island and I was familiar with these homes. They were reasonably priced and I could afford one of these. So we were looking at this home and I said we're getting along so well it would be nice if the two boys had the same last name and I would adopt little Billy and we would buy this house. In Levertown, New Jersey, and live happily ever after. (laughs) So I adopt a little boy, Billy, and we buy this house in Levertown, New Jersey. Now my parents are living down in Florida, and one winter, I say, come on, we're going to take a little vacation. We're going down and visit my parents in Florida. My mother was dead set against me adopting this little boy. She said, Eddie, please don't do that. That's going to be a big mistake. But I'm a thickhead. I didn't listen. Anyway, we go down there for a vacation. (coughs) And my mother looking out the, the kitchen window to the backyard of my parents' home in Florida, she seen a little thing that she told me. And she said, You watch this boy, he's a sneak. She said, Something to do with him squirting the hose on my father's car that he had just washed, or something. And my father hollered at Billy, Stop doing that and went around to the front again. (coughs) Little Billy continued to squirt the hose on the car or something, and when he heard my father coming back, he handed the hose to his little brother, Joey, who got in trouble for it. My mother witnessed this and said to me, You watch that little boy. He's a sneak. We now had a beautiful home. In Levittown, New Jersey, a half an hour ride from Philadelphia. <laughs> and although Sharon and I were getting along pretty good, things weren't so perfect as you would like them to be, but we were getting along better than we ever had. One day, <clears throat> I go to work, kiss Sharon goodbye, and go to work. and <clears throat> And when I come home that night Sharon ain't there and the kids ain't there so I'm in the house I put the TV on and the lights I'm waiting and waiting and I called around to some of our sisters and brothers looking for Sharon nobody had seen her nobody knows where she was I mean in the morning she still wasn't home several days go by Now I'm concerned.